God. Hallelujah. Let's sing it one more time. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. Oh, oh God. One more time. We magnify your name. Glorify your name. Let's give the Lord a hand, please. Wow, that, that tune, that melody, and then the spirit of the Lord was all over that song. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. Oh, God. Oh, God. It is amazing to me when I see people like Carolina or Christy come up here and they read the word of God and it just moves them. And you realize that the word of God is powerful. It, it's the word of power that is able to do what it says. It says his word is like a, a, a two-edged sword able to pierce down deep where we really are where we really need to be touched you know a, a, a surgeon can do some wonderful things micro surgery they have to put on these, these glasses and they see the tissue way down deep and they're able to cut away dead tissue to heal that that brokenness in that flesh and God's word does the same thing it goes deep where we can't see with the naked eye cuts away dead tissue cuts away dead stuff so that it can heal because God is a healer he's the great physician praise God let us pray really, really quickly. Father, we're just thankful. Oh, we magnify you and we glorify you. Oh, God. We thank you this afternoon, God, for what we have heard, what we've seen. We're thankful for the visitation already of your spirit. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for visiting with us. We thank you, Lord, that you dance over us with singing. Oh, we thank you for loving us like you do. Lord, bless the word this morning. Bless your word this morning to the hearts of your people. And so, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. What a, what a thing. Being in the midst of the Lord, being in the presence of the Lord, what a thing. I think I will give, give me 30 seconds. 
today let me get to it Somebody in that room was snoring loud. Now, he didn't have sleep apnea. His was just... <laughs> it was a consistent snore the whole night. So he, so I got snoring on the right, and I got snoring on the left. 
And so in my night of snoring, I, I got a little bit of a reprieve because I didn't just hear snoring. I heard people talking in their sleep. Talking in their sleep in English and in another language. So I say that to say that I experienced suffering overnight. This is why I came home last night because we were supposed to stay another night, but I said, I got to speak and I am not going to be awake because I hadn't slept since Thursday night. So the Lord blessed us. We were able to leave, get home safely. There was fog up on the mountain. I could barely see the road trying to get out, but I said, I got to get out because I got to go home because I got to sleep because I've been suffering. The sufferings of Jesus Christ, and I want to look at the sufferings of Jesus Christ in ways you may not have considered. Luke 9.22 tells us something that Jesus told his disciples. He says, the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he says. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, for on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Now, he said this three times to them, three different occasions. He let them know that he would have to suffer. You ever thought about this? You know, that Jesus, we know that Jesus' death on the cross and his shed blood paid the price for sin, right? You ever wonder why, though, did he have to go through the torture before that? What was the purpose of that? Couldn't he have just, you know, people die all the time, but they don't die in pain, do they? Why couldn't Jesus die painlessly and pay the price? You ever thought about that? Never even thought about that. No, we never think about it because we just know it and we accept it. But God doesn't do anything for nothing. There's a reason and a purpose for everything God does. If you read the word of God, there is no word in the word of God that is not for a purpose. He says not one jot or tittle of the word will pass away till all be performed, which means every little bit Every comma, every apostrophe has a purpose. And everything God does is for a purpose. But I want to show you something about his suffering, the sufferings of Jesus Christ. He suffered emotionally. Look at Luke 22, verses 39 to 45. T tells us about that period in the Garden of Gethsemane. On the Mount of Olives, Luke 22, 39, 40 to 45. It says, then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not, enter, not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. And this is what he prayed. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. 
At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Mark 14, 42 kind of finishes that episode where he says, Up, he has prayed three times to the Lord to remove this cup from him. And at this point he says in Mark 14, 42, he says, Up, let us be going. Look, my betrayer is here. He had, in another version, he had talked to him and says, Can't you pray with me for one hour? And why it's important to look at this is because sometimes we are in agony and in, in suffering, and we want somebody to be with us, somebody to pray with us, somebody to share this agony with us. And sometimes you can go to the pastor, sometimes you can go to your, your brother, your, more, your, your spouse, and what do they do? They fall asleep. They let you down. But Jesus had already won this because he said, Father, not as I will, but your will be done. Hebrews 5 and 7 tells us, it gives us a little bit of an inkling of his suffering. Because if you don't think he was suffering, look at this. Hebrews 5, 7 says, while Jesus was here on earth, I want to stop right there real quick. While Jesus was here on earth, where else is he going to be besides be on earth? On Mars? On the moon? See, because, like I said, nothing in the word of God is there for nothing. He didn't, he didn't put this in here that Jesus, while he was on earth, just so he could be saying words. He said it because Jesus didn't start here on earth. So while he was here on earth, it says he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears. Now, we don't read, we don't read that in the Gospels, but in here in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that while he was in the garden, it said he offered prayers, pleadings with loud cries and tears. This is the third time Jesus would pray, would cry. We know the, the verse that says Jesus wept. We all know that. Jesus wept when he looked over Jerusalem and saw the people. And he said they are like sheep having no shepherd. Lost. But he cried again when Lazarus died. Lazarus dead four days. And Jesus could have healed him. But God had another plan. And Jesus went through with God's plan, not as I will. And it said at the end of the, it says he, 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 he offered prayers and pleadings with loud cry and tears to what? To the one who could rescue him from death. He was crawling, calling out to his father. And he could have rescued him from this event. And so this is why he called on it. And, but it says what? And God heard his prayers. Sometimes God does hear your prayers. You think because he doesn't answer with what you think he should answer, he didn't hear you. God hears you. It says God heard his prayers. Now, if God didn't give Jesus, a, you know, because he says if there's any other way. And he, not that he didn't answer him, but his answer was the same as Jesus knew what the answer should be is what? There is no other Redemption happens only with one way, 
again. He could have he could have cut his wrist and, and shed some blood. Why all the suffering? Back to the event where it says he sweat as it were drops of blood. There's a word hematohydrosis. It's when the capillaries burst in the sweat glands and blood comes out. We're talking about extreme stress here because Jesus suffered emotional pain. Because there's a lot of different ways to suffer. He suffered emotionally to the point where he sweat, as it were, drops of blood. But there was more to that emotional stress. It says in Mark 14, 42, this was after Jesus had gotten arrested and all the troops came to arrest him. It says in Mark 14, 42, it says, up, oh, he says, let's get going. Look, my betrayer is here. Uh, Matthew, actually, Matthew 26, 56, it says, but this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophet as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples departed and deserted him and left him. Now, you just try to imagine this. Jesus is asking to pray with me. They fell asleep. His father, he prays to, Father, is there any way you can remove, is there any way we can do this than this way? Nevertheless, not as I will, but I will. And then his friends, his best friends, the closest ones to him, left him. Now, one thing I can tell you, when you get in a, in a, in a, in a, in a pickle, the last thing you want to, do, want to do is be in that pickle with nobody there with you. Just imagine being alone. He was all alone. He would do this thing by himself because no one else would do it. He suffered emotionally. Notice what Jesus calls this suffering. He calls it the cup of suffering. And remember the the the. The, the mother of these two boys, she says, she says to them, uh, uh, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, put my, one son on your right hand and one on your left. And, they, and, and so Jesus asked them, what did, you, what did you want me to do? He says, that I sit on your right hand. He says, are you able to, to take of the cup that I'm going to take? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, no, no, no. He says, yeah, you're going you're gonna to suffer all right, but not this suffering. They left him. Why did Jesus have to suffer and then die? He suffered emotionally, but he didn't just suffer emotionally. He suffered physically. Now, the physical suffering, we understand that. We've seen that. We saw the passion of the Christ. That gave us an inkling. It didn't give us, it didn't give us the full thing. We saw what looked horrifying. But that wasn't, it, it was worse than that. Isaiah 50, verse 6. This is, and these prophecies in the Old Testament, in the books of Isaiah and, and, and the Psalms, this was God giving them what was going to happen in the future on this cross with this whole event. But who's the, who gave them the prophecy? It was Jehovah. It was Jesus himself that told them what was going to happen to him. Isaiah 50, verse 6 says, I offered my back to those who beat me 
and my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. This is Isaiah talking about something that's going to happen hundreds of years later. Let's look at the event in John chapter 19, verses 1 through 5, and verse 17 and verse 30. It says, So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. You know, it's interesting. It doesn't describe what that means. It just says it straight out. They scourged him. It doesn't describe what scourging was. If it, did, if it had done that, we would have, have understood it. But scourging meant they had a, a, a rod, and on the rod, uh, a, uh, uh, I guess a rope, and it was connected with a ball that had in it shards of lead and, and rocks. And this is what they beat him with. On his back, to the point, where his skin peeled off, his bone was exposed, and this is physical suffering we're talking about, unlike anything most of us have ever experienced or ever will. It says, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. This man has already been beaten to a pulp. He's probably in such great agony that he can't even talk, and then they continue to to torture him and put a crown of thorns around his head. These are the thorns of a, you ever got stuck with a, with a rose bush thorn? They made a crown out of a, out of a, 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 a rod of those and put it around his head. So now he's stuck on his head and all, now the blood comes down his face because we, we, he, see, if you get stuck with a thorn in your finger, it'll hurt you won't bleed. They stuck it in where he actually bled and the blood comes down. So he's in pain on his back to the point where he's probably ready to pass out and they continue to torture him. I'm talking about physical suffering. And then and then on top of that, they, they give him more torture by taunting him and they said to him, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they struck him with his hand. This man is bleeding. He's in pain. He's been tortured. And you're going to slap him. There's a reason for this. And I'm going to show you later why he had to go through this. Isaiah 52, 14 says, but many were amazed. This is how bad he had been beaten. Look at this. 52, 14 in Isaiah. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. We know he suffered for us. Why did he have to go through this much suffering for us? We're going to find out in a minute. Carrying the cross by himself, this is when he carried the cross. It says he went to the place called the place of the skull in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side with Jesus between them. When you see that it says he was crucified, he died. <laughs> it didn't say that here. It just said he was crucified. But he was, his life left him. In another place it says the spirit departed from him. Crucifixion was a 
the word crucifixion is a, is a word that is a compound, two compound words. One means cross. The other means asphyxiation. That means they died on the cross, not from not from the pain, because they had they had they had nails in the wrist. They weren't in the hands; they were in the wrist, and in the feet. And they were they were put on that cross. They didn't die from the pain. They died because they couldn't breathe. Because being on that cross, you didn't have anything to, to, to you had to push yourself up to breathe. But when you would sink down, your airway would close. That's how they die. I'm talking about suffering for you and me. Why this cup of suffering? He died. He suffered emotionally. We talked about that. He suffered physically, something that we can all relate to and we can kind of visualize. See, some of the stuff you can't visualize. You can't see emotional. You can't see the other stuff. You can see physically. He died emotionally. He died physically. But he also died spiritually. Because of Pontius Pilate, we know the story. But Isaiah 50, verse 6. Let's see, am I on the right track? Here we go. Isaiah 53, verse 10. Tells us something. It says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. So what he's saying is he's going to suffer. And many will benefit from it, but he's not going to stay dead. He won't stay. He's going to come back. But look at this. Think about this, what he just said. It says, it was the Lord, his father's good plan to crush him. Wait a minute. This father had said of his son, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Now, why would it, it please him to make him suffer? That sounds contradictory. This is my beloved son. Let him suffer. It's not contradictory at all. And what we see when, when on that cross, we always have every year, I think, the seven last sayings of Christ. I want to show you something. When he was suffering on that cross, he wasn't just suffering physically. He wasn't just he didn't just suffer emotionally. He suffered spiritually too. Look at this. You talking about having ups and downs? You've been through ups and downs. Jesus went through ups and downs on the cross. He suffered spiritually. Let me show you something. The first thing he said when he was on that cross, he said in Luke 23, 34, it says, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. And I want to emphasize who he calls God. He says, Father. This is the father who has said of him, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with who he allowed to, to suffer on that cross. He says, Father. But then look at the, the, the fourth thing, the fourth thing. He says in Matthew 27, 46, which is part, is taken from Psalm 22, 1. He says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the first saying, he called him father. 
for the wicked. This is what we see. With his suffering, we see the wrath of God against sin. Toward the wicked, because sin must be punished. That's why the law is put there. So you can see why you're being punished. You're being punished because you, you have transgressed the law. We see this suffering having happened because of the cruelty of men. You see how they treated him? This was a display for all to see. This is mankind. This is what we do to the innocent. This is what we do to somebody. He hadn't done anything wrong. This is the way of the world. The, the innocent suffer because of the cruelty of men. Why are men cruel? We talked about it in Power Hour this morning. We are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Only God knows how bad our hearts are. This had to happen because of the hatred of Satan. Satan hates us. He hated Jesus and he hates us. God wanted everybody to see the hatred of Satan against Jesus and against the people of God and the things of God. This is why Satan, Satan, his name wasn't even Satan. His name was Lucifer when he was in heaven. Light bearer. But when he, de when he decided, I will exalt myself above God, his name changed to adversary. That's what Satan's name means. He means adversary against God. Jesus' suffering had really good outcomes. He's, there were benefits. 1 Peter 2.24 says that we have the benefit of healing because of the suffering of Christ. With his stripes, we are healed. We have the benefit of freedom from the power of bondage and sin. We see that in Romans 6 and 7. And we have the benefit of eternal life. John 3.16 says that he, that for, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish. Now, I know some people believe that word perish means annihilation, where you die and then you, you go to the great white throne and he throw you into the lake and then you, you, you are annihilated, which means you become no more with no thought. That's not right, because Jesus would never have had to come if it was annihilation, if it meant that when we go there, then we're going to have no thought. This says they're going to be, the word of God tells us they suffer eternally forever and ever. They know they're suffering. They feel it. Now, it's not a, it's not physical fire, but this, whatever this, this lake of fire is, they not only are in a spiritual fire, but they're in a physical something. We don't understand it, but they're suffering. This is why he suffered on that cross, so we wouldn't have to suffer we have the benefit of an inheritance, Romans 8, 17. It says, we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. So in a, in, when we get to heaven, woo, I was sitting there trying to go, hold my peace and power out this morning because I had thought about heaven. But not just heaven. I thought about it because he brought up the idea that, that the scripture talks about Jesus being the lily of the valley. 
that that flower is a beautiful flower. It's the most beautiful. It was the most beautiful flower at the time. Is why it was brought up. In the sense of Jesus, the lily of the valley. He's beautiful. What we saw here was not him being beautiful. It was him being his face being distorted. But when we get to heaven, he'll be on, he'll be sitting on his throne, and he'll be beautiful. And when I talk about beautiful, I'm not talking about the beautiful type of you know we, we talk about women are beautiful. You know, they got the nice clothes and they got the makeup and they got the hair done and all that stuff. That's not the beautiful I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about a a splendor that we've never experienced, that we've never seen, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for us, and we haven't seen nothing. When we see Jesus, he's going to be beautiful. I can't wait to see him. You know, we want to go to heaven because we want to see different people. You know how we like to drop names and we wish we could see, you know, Michael, Michael Jordan, you know, but, you know, th th these new heroes, we call them heroes. They're, they're superstars in, in, in you know, uh, sports or, or uh, uh, you know, movie stars. We get all struck with people when I get to heaven. My, my, my. There's some people I want to see. There's a, I got a number of people that I want to see. I want to see Enoch. I want to see somebody that never died. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to see Elijah and Elisha. I want to see Elisha first, believe it or not. Because Elisha had a double portion of the Spirit. I want to see this guy. Yeah? Yeah, there's some people I want to see. But I'll see them after I see Jesus. When I see, and, I, and when I see him, I might not want to see them. Oh, my God. But with all that, with all that suffering that we are appreciative of, of what Jesus did for us, all the benefits that we get out of his suffering, there's a caveat. Romans 8, 17, the second part says, but if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. But I don't mind this cup of suffering because of the benefits. Verse 36 of chapter 8 of Romans says, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What is he saying? We're going to suffer. But I don't mind suffering. Yet, verse 37, so even though I do suffer, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, Romans 8, 18. I don't think I read this. Romans 8, 18. It says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Not worthy to be compared. In other words, you look at a, a, you know how they had the scales, you know how you have the scales goes up and down? You know, you, can, you, you, put, you put the meat on one side. <laughs> now, just imagine you put a brick on one side and a feather on the other. The feather represents our suffering. And I'm telling you, we how many know about suffering? 
Okay, let me ask you this. How many know about emotional suffering? Emotional suffering. You know, when your marriage is falling apart and you can't sleep at night. Your kid just went to jail and you know he's not getting out for a long time. Your child is sick in the hospital. Your dad, your mom, somebody's in the hospital dying. You can't sleep. You're under a lot of stress. You can't pay the bills. Emotional stress. How many know about physical stress? How many have been in pain? Sickness from How many have had pain? And I know there's people that are not in this room that are suffering right now with pain in their body. Cancer. So we suffer. We are a sheep for the slaughter. Some of it's natural. Some of it's some of it's because of human. Other of it is because of context of, of situation, but and this is th this is verse thirty-eight of Romans eight as I wrap this up. It says, "For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to what separate me from His love." Nothing separates me from his love. Nothing I go through will separate, his, separate me from his love. And that's all I need to know. I can go through the suffering. I can take that cup of suffering and I can go through it because I know he loves me. Nothing will be able to separate from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I am done. Let us stand and pray. not clapping because she's happy about the message. She's happy because I because I, I finished early. <laughs> Father, we say Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all things. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that the sufferings of this present world are not, are not capable of being compared to the glory that you will reveal in us. But Jesus Thank you, Lord, that you put your only son, the one you said it was your beloved son, and you gave him for our salvation. We thank you, Lord, for a love that's beyond our understanding. We thank you, Lord, Jesus did it because he wanted to do it. He didn't do it because he was forced to do it. He suffered, died after he was tortured. Oh, God, we thank you.